three stocks, three charts, three trades. Rick Ducat taking the lead this week from Ben Lichtenstein. He's very ready, and he will take us through the charts here to take us through the trades is Lucas Downey, co-founder of Map Signals. Thank you both for being with us. So, Lucas, we'll start with you. I know you're looking at a few names here. The first was uh, Facebook, where you're saying you have a great entry price. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show again, Nicole. So Facebook seems to, you know, constantly be in the news, whether it's positive or negative. Uh, right now, it's it's negative with all the headlines of how things are going with the the young children and the marketing and all that type of stuff. But the bottom line is this is a great company. They continue to make a lot of money uh, for shareholders over the long term. And so I've got a really interesting trade here. And this was a setup. I know uh, Facebook has rallied since uh, we put these in, but it was trading around $325. And uh, that's about 15% below the all-time high of 384. And I'm looking at doing a one by two put ratio, and that would be buying one of the Facebook Jan 325 puts. So basically at the money paying roughly around $20. And I'm also going to be selling two of the Facebook Jan 300 puts uh, for about $10.45 each. Now, this is a, a really interesting setup because while I am a long-term bull on Facebook, this is a really cool strategy that you could, you know, if you're if you're lucky enough, if, if Facebook settles below 300 at expiration, you could be uh, owning shares of uh, Facebook, and then your effective put-in price would be just below $275. Uh, but also, you know, the max that you can make on this trade is if Facebook actually goes down a few a uh, few bucks to about 300. Uh, Rick Ducat, I'm going to jump in here. And as we take a look at that trade there from Lucas, what are your thoughts? Because uh, Facebook did hit a recent high of 384 on September 1st, right? And it's down to about 327, where Lucas is saying, really, that we have a good entry point here. What are your thoughts on this chart? Yeah, I mean, it, it, um, based on the chart, I think that's a pretty reasonable uh, point to be looking at. Um, if we could take a look at what we've got here for our Facebook chart. Um, I just did a simple, a simple technical setup on this one. Our 2163 and 252 exponential moving averages, as well as our RSI to help us gauge momentum. Um, so looking into this one, uh, the first thing that struck me was that if you look at point A there, Nicole, we can see that our yellow 21-day exponential moving average recently crossed below our orange 63-day moving average. So that's typically called a, a, a death cross. It's usually a more bearish sign. However, the long-term prospects for Facebook, I, I definitely can uh, see the thinking behind uh, the trade that we, we were discussing earlier. So looking um, you know, more recently, we're down about 14% from those all-time highs. We're uh, within the past couple of weeks in a pretty narrow range between about uh, 337 or so and maybe three, 321, 322. Um, but to the upside, the, the pivot point that I'm, I'm looking at would be that 21 EMA near around 337 because that also roughly coincides with the top of our range that we've been in. So if we are able to break out above that level, you know, we could be in for some, uh, some upside action. Look, look at point B as well. We're seeing the RSI is, uh, you know, on the verge of breaking out to the upside above its previous highs. So that would be something we'd want to look for for confirmation if we do get an, uh, an upside move there. And if we do keep going to the downside, the first point I'd be watching for support would be that 252 EMA near 314, Nicole. Yeah, uh, you know, Rick, I love this chart 
This is a good one. Um, I like the demonstration there of the death cross, right? Obviously, it could be a bearish signal, but with a little bit of a comeback here, that feels good. And you talked about the RSI, that relative strength index. Just explain quickly, uh, Rick, for people who don't know exactly what that means when you're following that there on the bottom, what that B means. Sure. RSI is, uh, real quickly, a measure of momentum. It compares uh, closing prices to the more recent range of closing prices, and it helps gauge whether, uh, you know, prices are changing more quickly or less click quickly relative to their own recent price history. So obviously, higher number is more bullish, lower number is more toward the bearish side. Mm, see, so we're seeing some bullishness here. After, And that's your point, Lucas, right? When you're saying it's a good entry point, right? Final thought on Facebook before we get to the next one. Yeah, so it's, it's an interesting, I should also say that, you know, between 325 to 300, you're going to be participating in downside. So it's, you basically have this put spread on. It's a 325, 300 put spread. But then you have that extra put, which is going to come into play uh, below $300. And then you could then be obligated to buy 100 shares. And your effective price is going to be uh, just below 275, which is, uh, which is an incredible entry price on a great company. So. All right, well, let me turn your attention to Skyworks, which you also think really is a long-term winner when we talk about some great companies. But this one, um, Lucas, as I look at the chart, right, you feel like it's going great, it gaps down, and you say, oh no, and then it, it gave it a go, but then it failed again. What is it that you're looking at in this chart, Lucas? So, first of all, I've owned Skyworks uh, for a number of years, and if people can remember back to like 2013, 2012, this name was kind of like NVIDIA. I mean, it just constantly went up and up and up, and they kept exceeding guidance. Um, one thing to know about this company is they just continue to reward shareholders. They, they constantly uh, increase their dividend. Um, they just came off an, an amazing quarter where they grow revenues 52% uh, year over year. Their diluted EPS was up 72% uh, year over year. It's just a company that constantly uh, wins. And that is what I am looking at whenever this type of a company, which is clearly on its knees. You can see that it's a bearish chart. I think this is a phenomenal setup for a great company. And so what I'm looking at is selling one of the Skyworks January 150 puts, uh, collecting 535 for that, using that premium to buy one of the Skyworks Jan 175 calls for $4.70. So this is an interesting trade. So if you get put in at the 150 strike, uh, you would be buying the shares about 6% lower than where it is today. That's about 26% below all-time highs. Uh, you'd also be participating in upside above 175 with that call option as well. Mm -hmm. What do you think of this combo trade with the bullish direction, Rick? What are your thoughts here? As I said, it kept trying to give it a go and then it fails again. Um, your thoughts when you look at the charts? I, I think the strikes make a lot of sense, uh, frankly, based on some of our technical stuff we're looking at here. Um, Taking a look at this chart, I have the same setup that we had on our, on our last one, and the 175 strike price really stood out to me because that's right about the level of our orange 63 EMA. It's just below around 173. So if we are able to push above that 
uh, that particular indicator, it could pave the way for further upside. The more recent price action I've been looking at looks almost like a, you know, kind of a descending triangle type pattern off of those highs during April, uh, slanting downward, and also that white horizontal line near 160. Uh, it was a more of a triple top in the past. It looks like we we tested it to the downside a little bit, but we haven't really seen a big a big uh, washout, so to speak. So this could be a really key level here that I've marked with point B there that we we. Uh, could hang on to for uh, for this name. Now, uh, looking at some of the other stuff, point A, once again, we did see um, the death cross of the 21 EMA going below both the 63 and the 252 in pretty uh, rapid succession. But we haven't seen, you know, once again, uh, uh, a big fall in prices. We haven't collapsed uh, like you can sometimes when you push below these important support points. If things do continue to go south, I'd be looking for probably around that green line near 135. That was a, a, a frequent stopping point previously in this year. But RSI is actually looking like it's showing some bullish divergence. So the bullish momentum looks to be building up yeah. as price is kind of bottoming down if you take a look at point C down there, Nicole. Yeah, well, that point C, that relative strength index hurts a little on the bottom part, right? When it crosses below that line, but showing some momentum here to the upside, and that gives some optimism. Lucas, um, you know, these are all great charts that you're both bringing us and, and trades. Lucas, what are your thoughts on just how it, it, you know, really trades in comparison to the market, to technology, because growth stocks and tech were sort of out of favor for a little bit. Um, anything that has to do with Apple, Skyworks might move to. Um, how much are you following other trends with this? Well, uh, what we do at our firm is we look for where the big money is going. And inside of that, we look at individual stocks. And Skyworks has just been a phenomenal company. So is Facebook. And so is the you know third stock that we'll be talking about, Garmin. But as far as it relates to Skyworks, I think that a lot of the semiconductors, they came under pressure. You see these headlines about Apple. Uh, people are worrying that they're going to have to guide lower in terms of their iPhones uh, for this quarter. And of course, we know that Skyworks uh, does a lot with Apple. So of course, they're going to be affected. I think a lot of that is already priced into this stock. And the types of companies that I am willing to to buy whenever they're under pressure yeah. are these companies, what I would consider an outlier that just continue to get big money support. And it's only going to take a little bit of positive news. And there's a lot of negative that's already baked into this stock. If anything positive, you know, comes across the tape, this thing could re-rate higher and quickly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Lucas, I know you said you're a buyer of Garmin. A lot of people know Garmin. That's a good household name. Tell us a little more about that one, Lucas. Yeah, Garmin's a, a cool one. Again, I've owned this one for uh, a number of years. It's, you know, they're, they're known for their GPS, but also they've been getting into fitness and, you know, obviously they have aviation. Uh, I was once lost on a boat, then I realized, oh, we have a Garmin. So I was able to get home safely. Um, it's just a tremendous company. And right here, it is pulled back and it's um, right at the last I checked, it was $156 and that's nearly 13% below its high of uh, roughly $179. A lot of momentum going into this name earlier this year. So I'm looking at using this weakness as an opportunity to sell a put and buy a call. So I'm looking to sell one of the Garmin Jan 150 puts collecting $5.10 and buying one of the January 165 calls and paying $3.90. All right, and uh, so there's Lucas. He made it back alive thanks to Garmin. Uh, Rick, your thought on this <laughs> chart? 
Uh, yeah, looking at this one, um, we've seen kind of an interesting uh, price pattern here. It's looking more like uh, more of a symmetrical triangle where there's two trend lines co converging toward each other. Um, so we're, we're kind of uh, in that point where uh, a breakout one direction or the other seems more likely the closer we get toward the the uh, the uh, intersection of these two lines. So um, looking at point A, once again, we had our, our bearish death cross of the 21 EMA below the 63 EMA. And the reason that we care about stuff like this in the first place is because it suggests that the shorter term price action is shifting more toward the downside versus the longer term price action. So this can be kind of a warning indicator that the, the trend itself may be shifting. We also want to look at the direction of the moving averages themselves, because when they turn from trending upward to trending downward, it's, it's once again uh, kind of a, a bird's eye view of what's happening with the price action. It's showing us the overall trend may be shifting to the downside. Now, for this particular name though, um, that 63 EMA is a key point because it's roughly in confluence with the 21 EMA as well. So when there's two indicators that are kind of lining up next to each other in a similar point, it's, it's uh, extra important uh, uh, for prices if they can push above or below the, the given point here. So I'd be looking for a breakout above that point first, then above the that downward sloping trend line that's comprising our, our symmetrical triangle here. So that point would be maybe 165 or so. If we do slip to the downside, I'd be watching that 252 EMA near 140. And what, once again as well, we are also seeing some, uh, some bullish momentum building up according to the RSI, not really being reflected in price yet, but it's seeming like uh, we crossed back above that oversold area and uh, you know momentum momentum looks to be rising based on this indicator